Hi, this is Margaret, and I am autistic. I've started this podcast as a way to help myself unpack all of the things I am learning about myself. Finally, in my 40s, having been recently diagnosed with autism. Actually, I should clarify that. I have been formally recognized as having autism, but the psychologist who I spent extensive time with, going over my childhood and my current anxieties, felt that the U.S. medical and insurance systems were not very friendly to adult diagnoses of autism. He recognized my autism and encouraged me to seek treatment for specific anxieties, depressions, etc. as I moved forward. He felt that the stigma of autism would be problematic for me and I should focus on bettering my coping skills and treating my anxieties. I agree with him to an extent. There are, you know, mixed opinions about this approach. I can function in society without significant help. I am high functioning, if you will, although I realize that that term is problematic for a lot of people. Also, I have not revealed my diagnosis to anyone except my closest friends and family, so I feel content to let the recognition be enough for now. So, how did I get to this point? Well, as a child, I can tell you, and I will in subsequent episodes, that I was not normal. I had developmental delays and a number of peculiarities that made school difficult for me in a number of ways, particularly in regards to social interaction. When I was a teenager and young adult, my mother worked as a teacher for a preschool. As part of her job, she took a number of courses and seminars about autism so that she could help identify possible markers in her students, as well as know better how to integrate autistic children into her classroom. She started joking with me about how much I resembled the autistic students she knew and how much my quirks and delays would have been signals to her now of a child that should be formally evaluated. But she would always come back after that with a statement like this. You seem to have overcome all of these things. You've grown into a nice young woman. I would never guess you have autism today. I think you've grown out of it. But what she didn't realize was how much I still struggled internally, how much I was masking, and how much energy and emotion the masking demanded of me. In fact, I didn't realize it myself. I had the stereotypical picture of the young autistic boy in my mind, And assuming that my mother had gotten good information from her classes, I just didn't question it. I shelved the idea of autism for the most part and would only occasionally say, oh, don't mind me, I'm borderline autistic, whenever someone gave me the look. Those of you who are autistic or have children on the spectrum know exactly what I mean. The look that says, why are you so weird? Or where did that come from? I thought you were normal. I never truly thought I was autistic, just that I had quirks that caused me, funnily enough, to identify with many autistic individuals. Well, fast forward to my late 30s, as I began to see my son have mild social struggles and quirks and giftedness that resembled mine. I pulled him out of preschool to homeschool him because he didn't fit in with his peers. I joined a number of Facebook groups for gifted kids so that I could find suitable recommendations for educational materials for him, and I began to see a number of descriptions of autistic kids in these groups. As moms, 
of these kids, they would describe their children's struggles in school and what led to their ASD diagnosis. And my jaw dropped as over and over again, I saw myself in those descriptions. Through one particular mom's description of her journey to an ASD diagnosis for her teen daughter, she referenced Samantha Kraft's unofficial list of traits in females with Asperger's syndrome. As I went through Samantha Kraft's list, I saw that almost everything on the list was very true for me. And so I began to seek out adult female autists by way of their blogs, listening to their YouTube channels, podcast interviews. I was convinced that this was me. And I began the process of dissecting my life with a professional who ultimately agreed with me. I am indebted to the many women who have given a voice to their experience in this matter. And I wanted to add my own voice to the discourse too, in the hopes that even one woman or young girl will be helped and encouraged by my story. At the moment, I'm wanting to keep this podcast anonymous. Margaret is not my real name. I, in fact, chose that name as a nine-year-old when I began to really sense the difference between myself and my peers. I felt instinctively that there was another me trapped inside that couldn't get out and that nobody really knew. And I named that me... Margaret. I didn't tell anyone, not even my mother. As a 10-year-old in my fifth grade class, I wrote under my desk in pencil, Margaret was here. And from that moment, I was determined to let Margaret come out in little bits and learn to join society. And thus began my journey of masking, of becoming quote-unquote normal. So, in honor of that little girl, Margaret, I am using that name for this podcast. I will go by the name of Margaret. I'm going to start these episodes in the same way I started my own journey of ASD recognition with Samantha Craft's list. I will go through the various traits and explain each one and how I relate to it. Along the way, I will reference my Christianity which is a key aspect of my identity and a chosen lens through which I process all of my life. I am also a musician, so that will figure into many of my episodes as well. And ironically, since I am a musician, I have auditory processing disorder, which affects me greatly. I will do a few episodes on just that, but honestly, Auditory processing disorder affects so many aspects of my life and my autistic experience that it will undoubtedly come up frequently, so I figured I would mention it now. And the last thing I wanted to do in this introduction was to explain the name I have chosen for this podcast and the thumbnail picture as well. Wallflower. Wallflower is a name given to many girls who are autistic, introverted, anxious, among other things. It has usually had a derogatory meaning, indicating the social deficiency of a girl. I was called wallflower many times, but as I said to my psychologist who questioned me about it, it never really bothered me. I usually thought to myself, well, sure, I often stand on the periphery. I don't always fit in or want to participate. So wallflower, mute, shy. I took all these names in stride, 
and I accepted the truth in them. It was later as an adult that I realized standing on the periphery is not always a bad thing. It frankly saves me a lot of trouble and heartache sometimes. I've grown up and I've learned to take an active role in society at times, but I'll still take on the role of wallflower and I'm okay with that. The thumbnail picture for my podcast is a mosaic. I made that mosaic in Italy. It is quite literally an image of wallflowers, a set of lilies made out of marble, gold, and glass with authentic Byzantine technique. I was in Italy during grad school working on my Dante research. I was learning about the mosaics that surrounded Dante and the mosaics that I believe contributed to his beautiful poetic imagery in the Paradiso. Dante sees the saints, the angels, and all Christians as being points of light in the circles of heaven, each point of light having a distinct place in heaven, a distinct purpose, coming together with other points of light to portray words and images of hope, and most importantly, the glory of God. To me, the ancient mosaics of Italy reflect Dante's vision of heaven, and that each little piece of shiny gold, sparkly glass, or glittery marble is intended to create a picture of God's faithfulness to humanity and reflect the light of the sun at the time, the sun was the most powerful known part of the universe, to reflect the light of that sun into the basilicas, chapels, and graves, and lives of the Italians. I resonate with this imagery strongly. I believe that I have a place in this world and a place in God's kingdom. And I believe that my experiences in this life, including my autism, can reflect the light of God and a message of hope to the world. In addition, the symbolism of the lily is quite profound. The white lily in the Byzantine mosaics of Ravenna express the sovereignty and purity of God reflected in nature itself, including in humans. My favorite application of these lilies is at San Apollinare in Classe, where they are set in a verdant landscape, a paradise. Looking at that mosaic and its field of lilies, it is as if God himself is inviting me to accept his gift of grace and join him in that glittery, glorious, Edenic place where he will redeem every part of me, including my autism, and wash me white as a lily. It is a place where I want to be a wallflower, or at least one of the myriad of little stones that reflect the glory of God for all eternity. So, whether you resonate with that image or not, I hope you will join me as I wade through my life and look for the ways in which God has redeemed and is redeeming all of my autistic traits. Traits that society frowns on, but I know God can use for His glory.